Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. In this episode, we are continuing with our new format to include other stories, songs, and rituals. I am having a conversation with my daughter and her husband as they get ready to give birth on the homestead. They're going to have a home birth with a midwife. Needless to say, this does not offer any medical advice. Please consult with your physician and make your own choices. Now on with the episode. How much acres do you have here? One. Oh, it's one? It looks like it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah, it's nice because it's narrow. Uh-huh. So it goes back really far. So how many, uh, how, you got rid of a bunch of your chickens? How many do you have left? No, we still have the chickens. We haven't sold chickens yet. Okay, but you got rid of the ducks. Yeah, we got rid of the ducks. Uh-huh. So no more ducks. We sold those three. Right. Two. How many chickens do you have? Uh, 11. One rooster, 10 hens. Yeah. Yeah. Astrolorp. Ten astrolorps. No, wait. Nine astrolorps. Mm-hmm. Ten astrolorps? It is ten astrolorps. Oh, so we have 12 yeah. chickens. Yeah, because we have got all, all hens. Yeah, so we have ten astrolorps, one Brahma hen, and a Brahma rooster. Big boy. Yep. Sergeant yes. Pepper. Yep. Yeah. And good. then it's Sergeant Pepper and Miss Salt, right? Madam Salt. Madam Salt. Madam Salt. Yeah. <laughs> Madam yes. Salt. She yes. acts very entitled. We have the two-week-old chick from, from those two. I'm yeah. trying to figure out whether it's male or a female. Okay. So we we figured out how to sex the chickens by the feathers. Okay. But they say you can do it right after they're born, but it it's hard to do. So they have secondary feathers and they have primary feathers, mm-hmm. right? And if the secondary feathers are shorter, then they usually are a male. And if they have a nice convex curve there, then they're usually a female. Okay. Aww. But it was harder to do when they're little chicks, but then once they get to like four or five weeks and it becomes more obvious... We figured out from the six that we had that were in the last batch that uh, three were definitely females, two were definitely males, and then one I'm not sure. Yeah. So then uh, we sold the females to a lady at church, and then we're waiting for the ones that uh, we hatched for you to get big enough so we can tell whether they're they're male or females. We can tell on some of them they look like they're females, but some of them I'm not sure. That'd be interesting. What kind of ratio? What what he's throwing? Because yeah. 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 He's throwing a lot more girls than boys, and he's a good rooster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's a good rooster anyway. And the, the white one, Plus the, the pure Brahma one, is white and now is getting um, dark wings. Nice. And it looks like it's a male, even though I think it's a female. I want it to be a female. Yeah. But it, the wings right now looks like it's a male, so I'm going to have to uh, wait a few weeks and see if that changes. But right now, it looks suspiciously like a male. Suspiciously. Yeah. Because I mean they're, they're great roosters. Yeah, if we yeah, keep all, good. if we keep the hens, then yeah. What sort? Of, what stuff are you then. growing in your garden now? Tomatoes, eggplants, strawberries, basil-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not a whole lot. So the asparagus. We got two more years. We're gonna start harvesting the asparagus. Oh right. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I thought it was next year that we can do it. <laughs> right now, it's a mess. No, yeah, one more year after okay. next year. Like okay. we can cheat and maybe get a couple next year. Yeah. Oh, you don't you don't harvest any asparagus at all? No. Well, we wait four years for the roots the root system to fully yeah, okay. establish. Yeah, we don't we don't wait quite that long. 
So yeah, I like asparagus. The fresh asparagus is so good because it's not woody like the asparagus at the store. Yeah, it's weird. I never thought I'd go out in the morning and like rip an asparagus out of the ground and eat it for breakfast. But like out of the ground, it's so delicious. Yeah, did you get the nice purple cool. kind or did you get I think the Mary kind? Purple this time. Purple. Yeah, purple yeah. passion and yeah. Mary Washington is what the ones I have. But yeah, they get so thick and so they're yeah. so juicy. Well, and in the morning, they're nice and cold, so it's like having this perfect yeah. cool drink of water that's just so fresh and it tastes so good, Yeah, it's too. really, really good. I like them a lot. So you're <laughs> you're extremely pregnant. What do you do? Um, due date is August 1st, but um, midwife is saying mid-July, so basically, <laughs> well, 37 weeks is Monday. So basically, do any time after Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have the... Baby at home with the midwife, right? Like yep. the last time? Yeah. So do you do that with uh, the pool and do you get in the pool and all that stuff? Yep. We already How's have the work? birthing pool and everything. So once um, contractions start to get close enough, um, then I get to call the midwife and then she'll let us know when we can air up the pool because she'd prefer us to wait for her uh-huh. to have the pool. So hopefully she'll be I able mean, to come here. I'm going <laughs> to air up before then and start adding water because it takes a while for that thing That's to fill right. up. So. How do you keep it warm yeah. when it's, you know, since you filled it up in advance? How do you keep the water warm? So it, we got a siphon that comes with it so we can actually reverse it and pull water out with the hose. Uh-huh. And so that's the whole, even during uh, the labor part of it, we'll pull water out and then put water back in. So we'll just monitor the temperature and pull water out and in as we need to. Oh, okay. So what do you do? Do you just put the hose in this in the hot water from the sink yep uh we're, we have it hooked up we got the it can hook up to this spot anything with an adapter uh-huh. we're hooking up with the the bathroom so that's a little bit closer to the living room okay and then i'm on the siphon hooked up outside with a hose outside so that way i can easily just switch it pull water out and dump it right into the yard so do you get in the do you get in the pool early or do you get in the pool right when it's about ready to be born oh early that way well the contractions are really strong and the pool is relaxing and uh-huh. it's, it's warm and then that way then everything's ready and okay. then we just wait till till we can until it's time. <laughs> Do you deliver the baby into the water underwater yeah. or? Yeah, and okay. the midwife just uh, checks everything while I'm in the pool and just keeps monitor on um, me and the baby and then yeah and just keeps checking until she's able to say all right it's time to. Time to push. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So then you, the last time, so you have to call the midwife. The midwife's over in Kansas City, so that's like a half an hour away, right? Oh, it's uh, She's about an hour, an hour away. away. Yeah. <laughs> so usually yeah. it's at the three to five, three to five minute contraction time periods when she wants to go ahead and come out. Before then, mm-hmm. it's same, same thing like with the hospital. The hospital doesn't want to see you till three to five minutes apart. Same yeah. thing with the midwife. We just on our own till it gets a little bit closer, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so between that and getting in the pool, it's walking around, it's doing breathing exercises, it's stretching, it's it's yoga, it's, it's trying to cook food while filling up the tub. It's great. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all nice and relaxed to be able to have the lights dim, and it's more of that intimate setting of just having family there and um, people that you feel comfortable with instead of having a whole bunch of nurses coming in and out. Yeah. Um, because, of course, nurses, they they switch. So every now and then you'll get your new nurse and then it's just like, oh, it's a whole nother stranger. And, yeah. and then especially after um, the birth, then we'll just go straight to the bed. And then, yeah. So you're up, in the bed, you're up in the bedroom? 
You're down here in the bedroom? We'll be down here in the bedroom. It's just what she's talking about. It's nice that right when the baby's born, she yeah, gets sure, a transition. Sure. She's right. home. Yeah. It's convenient. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. That's Did nice. Yeah, but you don't get any you don't get any painkiller or anything like that? No. I'm I'm pretty sure that she might have some options, but she's more of the natural. Yeah, sure. So she it'd be more like using herbs and stuff and other yeah, okay. alternatives. But um, yeah, I know. Yeah, didn't do didn't do it last time, so didn't do any painkillers last time. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't screaming and and I hate you, I hate you. What do you mean, friend? Oh no, there was hollering. Oh, there was screaming. There's a, yeah. there, there was I can't do this, I can't do this, and it's like you can do this, and it was like I can do this, I can do this. It really hurt. Yes, it was intense. That was that was the mantra that was being repeated over and over again. Yeah, yeah, but with the right support, and that's the thing is, like, you have the best support, and you're at home, and so it's easier to get that good mentality of when, with that support of saying no, do not say that kind of stuff, start saying I can, and yeah, it's amazing what that support does. How and that's why we chose to do it at home versus hospital. Because hospital has its place. Yeah. But, you know, hospitals are for emergencies. And then you have birthing centers. But, again, that gets really, really expensive. So, uh-huh. you know, most pregnancies are normal until they're not. And our midwife is very good about she. She doesn't want to resuscitate a baby. So if she ever right. feels like that it's going that route, she's the first one to raise her hand saying we're going to the hospital. Yeah. So then what happens? And they you call an ambulance, you jump in the hospital, you already, you, how do you keep from having the baby on the way? Well, it depends on the situation. If it, if we do need an ambulance, the time it takes us to get to the hospital uh-huh. is the same amount of time it would take them to prep for emergency surgery sure. if we're already in the hospital. Right, right. So yeah. it, it, the, the, the time frame is not something too worried about. But, you know, if we're going to the hospital and the baby comes out on the way, that's still a positive because that's what, that's part of why we're going to the hospital to get the baby out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so not, it won't be a bad thing either way, but yeah, it's just that's one way to look at it. Yeah, okay. stay more relaxed here. Yep. Stay calm, get good mindset, and just cool. a good environment just to stay calm. Because you know, yeah, doctors yeah. are ready for baby bombs to go off. They expect something bad to happen always. Well, and I think, them as normal. I think doctors are too quick to force you to get a cesarean. Yes, yes. they're very stuff. quick to not let things work themselves out yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of folks that are now saying that you know they're they're not happy that they had a cesarean so if they have a cesarean more than once then they start getting like um defects in the uterus in the front yeah and i was reading a blog the other day from a lady that i know that uh that um she's like on her third kid and she had cesareans her first two and she's actually like on bed rest and everything because her uterus is too thin in the front there mm-hmm. from where the, you know, where the incision was previously and stuff that like that. Sense. So it's like, uh, yeah. And, you know, so all of a sudden she's spending 10 weeks pretty much in the hospital on and off because, mm-hmm. you know, because of that. So right. well, I'm sure with our, the, our, our first home birth, that, what, that might have been the scenario because Talia... Her, uh, Melody's cervix swollen and she wasn't coming out because the cervix is swollen. Sure. In a hospital situation, they're not going to want to wait no. around and let the baby be stressed because they think mm-hmm. they have to get the baby out because any stress is bad stress for to, to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the midwife is very much, let's let's work on this. Let's just calm, see if we can get to go swelling go down. Mm-hmm. And then it was that point, well, let's just move it. And yeah, that was fun for Melody because that was pretty painful, but it was a better option than trying to go to the hospital because it was yep. just... Just a little tiny thing in the way, but again, in a hospital, it's going to be a big deal because right. they're going to go for their the most quick 
option they have, which is just get the baby out. Right? Yeah, exactly. And when it came to that situation with um, our daughter Talia, um, it was it was the point where I, I couldn't stop pushing. And so when the midwife brought it up that she can just move the cervix, like actually get in there and get the cervix over um, the baby's head, then I was like, yes, let's just go for it. And she was like, okay, it's going to hurt. But I was like, I'm already hurting enough, so let's just get this done. And yes, and so now I'm doing my research on that for this time to make sure that, okay, what what am I supposed to expect? Is there in a way, any kind of way of preventing it? Um, and yes, I've found a, some people talking about it on like a thread and um, they were saying that every time that anybody who had it in the hospital immediately went to C-section. Mm. And it was like, wow, that's amazing how my midwife, well, our midwife, she she knew to just, that that's just a simple option. I mean, mm. it took no time at all. It was just quick and easy yeah. <laughs> rather than having to go through this massive surgery. Mm-hmm. So how's, without going into detail, I mean, how much cheaper is a midwife than, say, the going and giving birth in the hospital it's, for regular natural birth? Uh, it, it, versus the cheapest you can do it at a, like, birthing center, it's probably, like, a quarter of the price. It's a quarter of the price to do it at with home, a midwife. With, the, with our midwife, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Because, again, you're, you're working with the direct person. This is their business. And so that there, and, and there's something, some expenses that we take on, like we get bought the pool ourselves and that kind of stuff. So, but still, with some of the things that we take on ourselves to be prepared, it, it's yeah, it's not even a question of cost because it's just it's just easier mm-hmm. financially wise. Because you know, especially if you go to the hospital, then we're looking at you know five, six times the price depending on what happens. Sure. Also, the nice thing about it is um, when you go to the hospital, you have to follow the, their rules. So birthing center, you have a little bit more options. You can right. still have a birth plan and still get like a midwife or a doula. Mm-hmm. But when you do at home, um, you have whatever is going to make you happy, whatever is going to make you feel better like and feel more comfortable, you get that. Mm-hmm. So you get to like have more of a custom birthing plan than especially if you'd go to the hospital right so what do they do since you didn't have the baby in the hospital then what do they do about the birth certificate and you know all the other stuff yeah with our midwife she's certified as a midwife through Kansas so she can process and do all the paperwork Really? so she does everything there she sets up the birth certificate and she sends it all off and a couple weeks later we get it all in the mail Uh uh-huh okay so nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. She'll do the weight. We take pictures of the weight, weigh the baby, and then it's all done. So wow. yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I was wondering how they did that. That was that was interesting question. So the um, so what do they do? What do you do about the the vaccinations then? Because they you, you get those one the first visit of the doctor, or you skip those, but. <laughs> we still we still go ahead and do some of the back vaccinations the, the, the standard yeah, ones yeah for sure um and yeah that's just at the first doctor's visits whatever doctor we go with we start right. doing the first immunizations well even after right after the birth usually um there's some things that are given to the baby right away like the vitamin k shot sure and stuff in the eyes that and, weird and gel cleaning, stuff yeah doing all the cleaning and stuff and everything and it's actually not that um I guess um, necessary yeah. because it's vitamin K is only for when there's a, when the baby has a vitamin K deficiency, but most of the sure. time they don't even have that, right. so it's it is unnecessary. 
So those are actually optional with um, our midwife at the hospital. I'm guessing, like most likely, you have to go with it. Yeah, they're <laughs> anyway. optional. They're optional in Kansas. In some in oh, okay. some states, they're mandatory. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. But yep, yep, we get to. But yeah, all the standard up. vaccines we get, but we opt out of any of the really elective type ones, so like yeah. flu shots and the things that aren't just more dangerous to a baby it's just well this is just a good idea it's like well we, we don't really go with anything that's not necessary well it won't be too long now and then you'll be having another baby oh yeah it's, maybe on your birthday i know yeah, that's yeah. what i'm hoping i'm kind of like, yeah, Ooh, your birthday, like yeah we got Mima coming up to help us and then uh her friend winter is going to be coming over for support just because yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah, with having more kids it's going to be a little bit better to have as much support as we can here cool Thanks. Yeah, Yeah, a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. Check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com. Also, come and join our conversation on Twitter at thrivingthefut. And on our Telegram group, there's a link on the website. This podcast was produced by Scott the Freedom Farmer at freedomfarmer.net. Copyright 2022, thrivingthefuture.com. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.